It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to another edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. It is crossover Thursday. That's right, Thursdays this year instead of Wednesdays. Uh, we're a little bit late in getting this up. We had some technical difficulties, but it is week one. It is Locked On Washington Football Team. And the Locked On Eagles podcast going at it. Coming up, we will hear from Gino Camilleri co-host of the Locked on Eagles podcast with Louis DiBiase. We'll break down this matchup from each of our perspectives. The show today is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. That's right. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay a game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. I was re-watching week one of last year, the Terry McLaurin breakdown, a breakout, I should say, and breaking it down on NFL Game Pass earlier this week. It's awesome. You guys got to get it. If you're a football fan, NFL Game Pass is where it's at. Go get it now. All right, the news of the day is this. Number one, the Washington football team officially signed Brett Maher, the place kicker that we've told you about on the last couple of episodes that worked out on Tuesday. He is indeed the 17th spot on the practice squad, so it's not on the 53, although obviously he could be called up if they need to. They could ultimately protect him in future weeks. Now, they didn't this week. Uh, Josh Garnett and I think Cam Sims and one other were protected uh, this week from being able to be snatched away by another NFL team and put on the 53-man roster. But Maher, and this is what we didn't know about and why it was good that Ron Rivera clarified this. He said, look, he's been up in Canada working out. He was with the Jets, I guess, in the preseason, and they let him go. But up in Canada working, he can also apparently fill in. Let's see. He had enough trouble with place kicking and field goal kicking. Apparently, he can also punt as well. So what teams are doing is saying, you know, look, we've got these extra practice squad 
uh, spots. If something happens to one of our specialists on Friday or Saturday with the COVID regulations, there's not really a whole lot of time to get somebody in and to bring somebody in. So we've got to make sure that we have the rights to somebody, somebody that's practicing with us, somebody that's in the building, somebody that's here already, somebody that doesn't have to go through new testing protocol. So it makes certainly sense. And Washington had a 17th practice squad spot because of the international pathway player program with David Botta. So it, again, makes total sense. And I couldn't quite figure out why Maher was, you know, the guy, if unless he could punt. Well, apparently, apparently he can punt, according to Ron Rivera. Now, again, he was terrible from 40-plus. You want to know why the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs last year? You want to know why the Cowboys got Jason Garrett fired? It's not because of Jason Garrett. It's largely because of Brett Maher. Uh, he was dreadful last year from 40-plus. Dreadful. I think it was one of five or one of six from 40 to 49. And ironically enough, he was like three of six from 50-plus. So he's got a strong leg. We know that. Uh, but that the big difference between kicking at AT&T Stadium for a lot of this season uh, and off a of field turf as opposed to FedEx Field or when most of your games are outside. And, you know, we'll obviously, again, have to see. Hopefully nothing happens to Dustin Hopkins and he's simply insurance. All right, before we get to the locked on across uh, locked on, before we get to crossover Thursday with Gino Camilleri of Locked on Eagles. Let's get you the injury report from Thursday's practice. So Sadiq Charles was once again limited with a calf injury. I, I just don't see how he's going to be active on, on Sunday. I don't think there's really a need uh, with uh, Sharp, the kid that they picked up uh, from the Oakland Raiders. And Cornelius Lucas. I mean, to me, Sadiq Charles is going to be one of the inactives. I could be wrong, but uh, I, I don't know. Thomas Davis did not practice, so he was downgraded from limited on Wednesday. Now, again, game status, these guys, some of them are going to be questionable. Uh, maybe Thomas Davis will be ruled out. We're not sure. Kendall Fuller also was limited with a knee. He's been really banged up here the last week and a half. Now, maybe they're just taking it easy on him. I'm not sure, but it's certainly not a great sign that Kendall Fuller uh, is still continuing to be limited. Once again, Jonathan Allen was full go, as was Antonio Gandy-Golden. So that is a good sign for the Washington football team. Meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Javon Hargrave once again did not practice. He's dealing with a pectoral injury and a hamstring injury. That's a big missing ingredient uh, in the middle of that defensive line for Philadelphia if he cannot play. Alshon Jeffrey uh, is expected to be out. He once again did not practice. Derek Barnett, the defensive end, Lane Johnson, Jalen Rager, their first-round pick wide receiver, was upgraded from limited to a full practice, so that's interesting. Uh, so it looks like he might be able to go. Lane Johnson was limited both days, as was Miles Sanders with a hamstring, limited both days, and Corey Clement, their backup running back, went from full to limited with a quadriceps injury. So that's a new one, and that's kind of interesting. All right, so that's your injury report. Uh, we gave you the Brett Maher news. We now will take our first time out of the show and we'll get to Gino Camilleri locked on Eagles coming up next. We'll take a look inside the Eagles, take a look inside the Washington football team next right here. Crossover Thursday. I'm Chris Russell. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part 
of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey guys, it's Chris Russell. This season, get football on your time. With NFL Game Pass, you can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, the crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stores from every game and every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, and all in one place. It's NFL Game Pass. It's the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll all also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. Guys, NFL Game Pass Football never stops. Welcome on in, everybody, to the inaugural Crossover Thursday. It is different from last year where it was Crossover Wednesday. We're going Thursday this year, a little closer to game day. And what would it be an NFC East matchup without it being the first game of the season between the Philadelphia Eagles and the football team of Washington? And I am Gino Camilleri, joined by... Chris Russell of Locked On Washington football team. Chris, I know I'm pretty excited. I know Lou's excited. Where's your excitement level at right now uh-huh. here on Thursday? Hey, Gino, good to be with you as always. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I would say this probably since the last time you and I hooked up in a divisional crossover. It has been an absolute war zone of epic proportions around here uh, over the last three months. So, you know, I, I mean, for us, many of us feel like this is December already in terms of the long grind of the season. But nevertheless, because it's real football and because it surprisingly, in my eyes, we actually made it to Sunday, uh, provided that nothing goes majorly wrong here over the next couple of days. Uh, it is a relief, and I am excited, and it's going to be, you know, especially with no preseason games, it's going to be fun to actually see real-life football that matters and counts and where you can tackle everybody and, you know, where plays matter and they're not just running around in shorts and shells. So I- I'm happy about that. Absolutely. I think Tonight we're going to get a little taste of it with an AFC playoff rematch from last year between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. But on Sunday, we have a 1 o'clock kickoff. I feel like it happens every year, Chris, that the Eagles and Washington face off in Week 1. So to get right into things, this team is let's say a lot different than we've seen in the past couple years. New head coach Ron Rivera is in place 
of Gruden. What do you really expect out of Rivera? Do you expect a, a new culture to come in, a, a new life mm-hmm. almost to this Washington football team with Riverboat Ron coming in? I feel like he's always been a, a high culture guy. So is that what you see him bringing to Washington, especially early on? Absolutely. And that, and that's what was needed the most. I mean, you, you know, look, I know nothing is perfect in Philadelphia, right? I'm sure you guys right. have, you know, your, 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 your arguments and your beefs with, you know, Roseman and, and, and with Doug Peterson and all that, but you know, a, they won you a Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, and B Absolutely. you're in the playoffs, you know, you're in the playoffs pretty much every year, right? When, mm-hmm. No matter who the head coach was, Andy Reid, even that dumpster fire, Chip Kelly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I know there's all sorts of different results every year and whatever, but I mean, for the most part, you guys are a stable, fun organization, you know, that plays meaningful football every December and January. Well, that's just the opposite here. Uh, occasionally, they've gone on an Aladdin magic carpet ride around here <laughs> and backdoored their way into a division title in a bad year uh, with a hot December and, you know, whatever, and everybody got fooled to thinking, oh, we're better than we actually are. No, actually, you're not. And then the bottom you know, really fell out last year. A lot of injuries, obviously. They've had a ton of injuries. I know Philly has had a ton of injuries, too. Washington's had more injuries than you, you know, than you can even shake a stick at. Uh, they've led the NFL in IR, you know, trips and all that over the last couple of years. Um, that all sounds like excuses, and it probably is. It's reasons, but the bottom line is the, 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 the franchise was rotten at the core, and it still is at the very core. But they've eliminated a lot of bad people, a lot of people that were taking shortcuts, a lot of people that were doing things wrong, treating people poorly, and now they have good people in place. And Ron Rivera, most notably, he started it, his coaching staff, now his personnel staff, now a new president. It has been a transformation and then some uh, all summer long here in Washington. Will it translate to wins on the field? Probably not in year one, uh, but I know this. They'll be better than 3-13. and 13. That's what I know, and I know they will be competitive, and they will, be, and they will play hard. Not that they didn't um, ever under Jay Gruden. They did, but they didn't play consistently hard, and they didn't play like their hair was on fire a lot, and I think that will be a major difference that even the most casual football fan can see from Ron Rivera's Washington football team. Absolutely. And you mentioned three and 13, not all bad things come with being a bad football team as you did win the ability to draft chase young. And I know Lou and I have mentioned it multiple times that we are big fans of the last two drafts of the Washington football team. I'm a huge Antonio Gandy Golden fan, so I was, of course, a little bitter at that. But the bell of the (laughs) ball for you guys really seems to be that defensive line. And it looks like Ryan Kerrigan's going to be your third edge rusher. I mean, really, what do you expect out of these guys? Because I can see them being a top-five unit when it's all said and done in pressures at the end of the year. I mean, they are loaded on the defensive line. There's no doubt about it. And here's how loaded they are. They could probably not knock on wood. They could probably absorb a season-ending, early season-ending injury to, you know, to any one of those guys and still be pretty good. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you don't want that, but that's how good and how deep they are. And I'll, I'll compare it to something Eagle fans 
you know, will obviously remember, well, when you guys won the Super Bowl, right? Not saying that maybe they had as much top-end first-round mm-hmm. talent as Washington does because there's a bunch of first-round picks, uh, and then Temple's Matt Ioannidis and so on. Uh, and you mentioned Kerrigan, who's kind of like a backup at this point. But, I mean, he'll play 25, 30 snaps or so on Sunday. Hey, he's an eagle um, killer, man. He's always doing bad exactly. things to no, you're right, and 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 I think they'll move him inside more. Anyway, you got four or five first round picks on that defensive line, mm-hmm. right? So my point is, they better be awesome. They better be because you know they have to protect a linebacker core that is kind of uh, you know retransformed, but is coached by uh, Ron Rivera, obviously the head coach, a former linebacker, as Philly fans know, uh, Jack Del Rio, a former linebacker. Oh, and they have a linebacker position coach. Um, and a remade secondary with, with a familiar name and Ronald Darby, who I know was, you know, often criticized because of injury and play and performance in Philadelphia. But they have to get to the quarterback and Carson Wentz and whoever the quarterback uh, is on the opposite side, especially when you have a kind of juicy matchup. It, it looks like on paper with all the injuries Philadelphia has dealt with. And, and I know Peters will stabilize some things on the left side, Gino, but, you know, this is where you're going to win. They have to get off the field on third down. You cannot be on, you know, allowing 45% on third down conversions because that is going to destroy you. So that's the first thing I look for on Sunday is not if they get home, they get pressure. They get home. Can they get off on third down? Can they do that on third and eight plus where regularly they have struggled in those areas? So to me, that's what I'm going to look at. And then in the red zone, do they have good communication on the back end? And part of that is not having to cover as long, right? So if the pressure and the pass rush collapses the pocket on Carson Wentz and that Eagle offensive line, maybe that helps what has been a major bugaboo for the Washington defense over the last couple of years. I've seen it firsthand what a very, very good defensive line can do. But at the same time Mm -hmm. here in Philadelphia, we have been burdened with not having a back end that can cover nearly for a decade. So I feel like we're going to see a lot of similarities between the Washington football team of 2020 and the past Eagles teams of the last few years. Because you mentioned the Super Bowl. They still allowed 505 yards in the air to Tom Brady. So we, ha- yep. I've never known what it's been like to cover. So I feel like there's a lot of similarities between that current Washington defense and what the Eagles have seen in past years. Hopefully Darius Slay and co can turn that around. But before we wrap things up in regards to Washington, let's move to the offense because when it comes down to it, this is a very, very young unit. It looks like you're going to have Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, personal favorite of mine, Antonio Gandy-Golden, and Antonio Gibson, who I am just – that is the one guy I look at Sunday, and I'm like, I think he can be a real difference maker because he brings a lot of those same Chris Thompson vibes when it comes to the Mm -hmm. passing game and what he can do. And if you look at what Chris Thompson did in the past few years, he really destroyed Philadelphia. And I think between McLaurin and Gibson – those are going to be the two guys to look at. But give me some X factors outside of the big names that we can look forward to to probably get after yeah. this Eagles defense. I mean, I'll, I'll just give you one that jumps right off uh, out of the guys that you didn't mention, and that's J.D. McKissick, the 
former Seattle and Detroit running back slash receiver. I think he's really going to be a featured role in this offense. And I know he was listed as number one on the running back depth chart. That's not why I say that. He's not naturally the starter. It's going to depend on what personnel package they want to open up with. You know, if they open up in 11 or if they open up with 12 or 13, you know, multiple tight ends, you'll probably see a guy like Peyton Barber now that Adrian Peterson has been cut. But McKissick is a guy they will throw more to the running backs by design. Philadelphia Eagle fans have known forever Andy Reid, Peterson, where you throw to the running back by design which protects your quarterback. It protects your offensive line. It gets the ball in space to somebody who can try and make a linebacker or safety or corner miss in space. It protects everything, and that's the base root of your offense. I think you're going to see a lot more of that out of Washington. You mentioned Chris Thompson. Yeah, he's had some big games, obviously, but he was never – He's, he, he was so injured all throughout his mm. career, and he came to Washington very uh, injury-prone from Florida State. There was one and a half years where he was really healthy and really dynamic and really explosive, Gino. And outside of that, he was just kind of you know, used as a check-down option. Again, I think this Washington offense, to help Dwayne Haskins out, to help a, a spotty offensive line out because of McKissick, because of Antonio Gibson, because they don't lack a dominant tight or because they lack a dominant tight end, I think it's going to be a lot more screen-by-design, short-throw-by-design type of offense under Scott Turner, North Turner's son, uh, who's now the offensive coordinator here in Washington. I think you'll see a lot of jet sweep, a lot of motion, more than you've seen out of Washington in years past. And you mentioned McLaurin. The question will be is, do they have a secondary receiver that can step up? I think that guy is Steven Sims. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup because I expect Slay and McLaurin, who basically had a good battle when Slay was in Detroit last year, late November at FedEx Field, I think they'll probably cancel each other out. To me, this game will come down to whether a guy like Steven Sims can take advantage of an, a, you know, a matchup against an Avante Maddox or a Nikel Roby Coleman or somebody like that as to whether or not the Washington offense can put up enough points uh, to go toe-to-toe with Carson Wentz in the Philadelphia offense. Absolutely, Chris, and NFC East battles are never easy. I never take them for granted. I mean, Washington was up 17 nothing on us last year, week one, so it's always exciting, and it's exciting that we're going to get real football. So thank you for joining us, Chris, and Chris will be here to interview us, uh, interview me, myself, Gino, on the other side of the break. So thank you, guys. It's Locked On Crossover Thursday. Have to get used to that, not Wednesday anymore, and we will catch you guys on the other side of the break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we welcome you back on the Locked On Crossover Thursday edition of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. As we talk about this week one matchup, I think this is the third out of four years 
that the Eagles and the Washington football team, the former Redskins, have met in week one. Of course, the Eagles scoring a come-from-behind win at Lincoln Financial. Joining us once again is, you know, Camilleri, who, of course, with Louis DiBiase, are your host for the Locked on Eagles podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, Gino, good to have you uh, back with us. Let's start, obviously, with the offense. I know all sorts of injuries along the offense. Line. I know Miles Sanders has been banged up. Carson Wentz for right now is healthy. He made it through the regular season last year when everyone was dropping like flies, but then when it came to the playoffs, he got hurt early and they lost. How do you evaluate, I guess, starting from Carson, this offense and the prognosis for, two, uh, for 2020 when factoring in the health concerns already? Well, I'd say before Jason Peters moved back to left tackle, I was in a little bit more skeptical state, but I think they're in a, a solid area right now. And in terms of uh, the scouting academy lingo that I use a lot, solid is like a four out of seven, like it's right in the middle. I'm not down on it, but I'm also not excited about the situation that we're in. I think if we had Andre Dillard and we could have kept Jason Peters at right guard, things would have went a little smoother, but Hey, not every day do you have a hall of fame left tackle that you can just plug and play to protect your young quarterback's blind side. So right now I'm okay. As long as Lane Johnson plays on Sunday and that's a whole nother thing that uh, Doug Peterson didn't really commit to. But as a whole, you look at that offensive line. There's a reason that they continually draft two plus offensive linemen, literally every single draft. They run that team through the trenches. And Jeff Stoutland is one of the most important individuals in that building being their offensive line coach because he has faced adversity so many different times with that unit. I mean, going back to the Super Bowl year, Halapuli Vadi Vaitai was the left tackle. It wasn't even Jason Peters. He was hurt, so you're stuck with a guy who who has now moved on to Detroit, but a player that you never expected him to be playing meaningful minutes for you. So you're in a position again where Matt Pryor is going to be your right guard. Lane Johnson's going to be your right tackle. Jason Peters going to be your left tackle. Isaac Sayamalu and Jason Kelsey have been there. So the continuity is okay. In terms of the wide receivers and the weapons for Carson, this is probably the best group I've seen that place around him. And if they don't succeed with this unit, there is a real question of if Carson can be the guy. But I totally think that all the pressure is off right now. It's can we get the guys in the position like Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson and Ertz and Goddard and Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, the list goes on and on to succeed this year. And I totally think when, with an invigorated offensive mind room with uh, all the guys that they brought in there, like uh, Morningwig and Co. and Rick Scandarello, they're going to have some big things ahead. And it's not going to be um, – the micro plotting offense that you've seen the last couple of years. I really think it's going to be that high flying 2017 push the ball down the field, really attack things vertical element that we haven't seen for quite some time. All right. Well, let's focus on that because you mentioned Jalen Rager, the first round pick. He's a little bit banged up. We don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to play or be a hundred percent on Sunday. Obviously Alshon Jeffrey did not practice on Wednesday. We'll see the rest of the week. He's clearly not going to be a hundred percent. You know, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't do they, if, if say those two Rager and, and, uh, and Jeffrey are kind of neutralized or maybe one of the two misses or whatever the situation might be with Ertz and with Goddard and with, of course, the old friend, 
Deshaun Jackson, who lit up the Washington secondary in week one last year. Do you think that, and, and, and you know, I know Miles Sanders has been banged up as well. I mean, do you think that's enough weapons against this rejuvenated, let's call it that, Washington defense Sunday? Well, there is one player on that Washington defense at this Philadelphia wide receiving core should be absolutely salivating at the idea of, especially because they excel in the area that he is not very good in, and that is defending double moves and defending the deep third of the field, and that being Ronald Darby. And yes, Jalen Rager is banged up. Doesn't look like he will go Sunday. Elshon Jeffrey really was probably like a week away from going on the PUP list. So he was never in the cards for week one, I would say. The team is going to run through the tight ends. It's going to run through Miles Sanders. But ultimately, they didn't just bring in one dynamic vertical field stretch. They brought in actually, – actually, they brought in five this offseason with a fresh new Deshaun Jackson, a Marquise Goodwin, who unfortunately opted out, Jalen Rager – and then they went out in the fifth and sixth round and drafted a guy in John Hightower out of Boise State who ran nearly a 4-4 time. And then Quez Watkins, who ran the fastest 40 at the combine and ran a 4-3-7. So this team mm. can run, which is fantastic because they have guys that now can separate. They had last year J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in a rookie role who really couldn't do anything. And now he's your seventh weapon and they're saying he's looking mm. one of the better options out of camp and you have a guy in Greg Ward who look at what he did against Washington he sent the Eagles to the playoffs in catching yeah. a last second touchdown so frankly I think the Eagles in terms of top heaviness aren't as top heavy as they've been in past years but in terms of depth where they've struggled where you said it last segment when they were bringing guys off the street to catch footballs last year. They finally have guys in house who have developed with Wentz and guys like Greg Ward. And now they have young players in JJ Ortega Whiteside and Quez Watkins and John Hightower, even though Quez Watkins is currently hurt, but John Hightower, who is a field stretcher and can just continue to develop with Wentz. When those guys aren't forced to be the number one, like a guy who Nelson Aguilar was in 2016, and they could play those role player roles. I think they're going to do just fine, and I think Deshaun is going to have a big season. I think Ertz and Goddard will have big seasons, and Miles Sanders also should have a big season. But with them having big seasons, you also have to think what opens up for everybody else. Now that you have to defend those four guys, there's going to be guys where times when John Hightower is your fifth or sixth option on a play, and he's getting open simply because you have to send two to Deshaun Jackson because he's getting in a deep third of the field, or you have to send two to Zach Ertz because he simply is getting open in the middle of the field, or find a way to defend Miles Sanders. I think it's going to be fun to see a Doug Peterson offense finally have options, because I think the last two years it's been how can we get it to Zach Ertz because we have nobody to stretch the field more than 12 yards? How can we get it out in the flat to our running back because we have nobody that can stretch the field more than 12 yards? And how can we get our wide receivers who can't separate in a position to where they can get the ball? And frankly, I think all of those questions are now answered. With this track team at the outside, things open up for Ertz and Goddard. They open up for Miles Sanders. They open up for the receivers down low. I don't think there's going to be as much stress on Carson Wentz 
to fit these balls into tight areas, I feel like he's going to be able to throw spots more, which we haven't seen in two or three years since really his MVP hmm. Caleb run in 2017. And I know I'm talking it up a lot, but I mean, they, he has for once everything he needs to, to succeed in a Doug Peterson West coast style offense. Uh, that is a scary proposition for the Washington football uh, <laughs> defense uh, on Sunday, despite the fact that uh, everybody around here thinks the defense is going to be much, much better. Oh, I do, too. I, I really do think Washington is going right. to be reinvigorated. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right. So one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, there's been so much changeover and you mentioned you know, the secondary issues all the way dating back to the Super Bowl year and the Super Bowl win. And all of that is fair. But one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, with Darius Slay in and so many guys out, i.e. Sidney Jones and um, uh, and and um, guys I'm, I'm even forgetting about uh, that they that, that Rasul Douglas, you know, guys that were have been there and now are out. Um, uh, Malcolm Jenkins as well. Uh, there's so many names and so much change over Again, the, the the defensive line, much like Washington's, is the strength of this defense. Is it strong enough now to, when you add in a lockdown type corner like Darius Slay, who they obviously pay a heavy price for, is it strong enough and that addition to kind of balance everything else out, or do you still have major concerns outside of Slay? So if you've ever been in like a. I would say like a sixth grade science class. And you know, those scales that like that you always try to put the weights on to even them out. I feel like for a while, the weights were all on the side of the defensive line. And it always came down to, they can get pressure, but for 1.8 seconds. And then on the back end, everybody's open. So now we kind of have that weight on the other side that really balances out the scale in Darius Slay. And I would say in the defensive secondary, it's kind of that one position on the field that, yes, one player really can change the entire landscape of the game. I mean, you look at last year in New England in Stephon Gilmore, he had a chance to be the most valuable player of the league simply because he locked down every good wide receiver and you made the team play on one side of the field. So for once, we don't have guys like Kerry Williams and a slow Jalen Mills on one side. We have guys that can run in Avante Maddox and Darius Slay. And you have Nickel Roby Coleman, who I think is one of the most underpaid slot corners in the entire NFL. And now these guys can run. They can hang on guys that create separation. I'm going to be shocked when we have somebody who can actually run with Terry McLaurin and you're not just seeing him run by a guy like Rasul Douglas or run by a guy like Sidney Jones who just never got his legs under him. I really do think it evens it out, but at the same time, you can't hang too much on a a guy like Darius Slay and expect him to win you the ball game every week. That defensive line still has to go out there and dominate. I mean, they paid Javon Hargrave this offseason. They have Malik Jackson who really didn't play last year due to injury. So you have a lot of guys that are going to come out there and play in this rotation that still have to hit home with the secondary being as strong as it is. But for once, I'm excited because we haven't seen a good corner in Philadelphia since Asante Samuel. And it'll be nice to see when Slay has a game-deciding interception because we haven't seen that so many years. Yeah, for Washington fans, they hope it's not week one at FedEx Field. All right, Gino, just because we're running late, 
right on time. Uh, I, I guess we'll let you out of here with a quick prediction. I assume it sounds like you're pretty confident in the uh, in the birds. Uh, do you think they cover the six? And I guess do you have a final score prediction? I would say absolutely as being a gambler like I am. I think they cover the six points simply because of the continuity on in terms of the Eagles. They have the same head coach. They have a lot of returning pieces that were injured last year that are going to be healthy, that are playing a big role. The offense finally has all the elements that it needs. And simply, Washington is going to get better. I, I said it on my show a couple weeks ago. 2020 doesn't seem to be the year that I'm too worried about Washington. I say 2021 and 22. I'm absolutely petrified to play that defense. But right now, I think the Eagles, they know what is in the balance of this season. They re-signed a guy like JP for this type of run. And it'll be interesting to see how they do in the long term. I think this is the game that they've averaged what, close to 30 points in the last two games that they've played against Washington. They beat them by 13 points two years ago, and they beat them by five last year. So if you take the average around seven and a half, eight, I take the points. And I think the Eagles win this one probably, let's say, 27 to 17. I think Washington does score a few points. I think it's closer than people think. Okay, that works for me. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's where I figured you were kind of going. And that certainly makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to lean towards an Eagle win, but I think it'll be a little bit closer. And I'll take Washington uh, plus the six in week one. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Eagles, Locked on Washington football team for Gino Camilleri. Louis DiBiase, his partner. Uh, I'm uh, nobody likes me, so I'm by myself. I'm Chris Russell. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, and we'll see you on each of our respective uh, door on podcasts. Enjoy the season opener for the NFL, which is back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.